Imagine if every time you sinned, you had to kill an animal. Your life might start to resemble a horror show or a butcher shop. Let's talk about that. Hi, I'm Josh. Welcome to Honestly Radio. The old method of dealing with sin was a mess. No, literally, it was incredibly bloody. You would have to go to the priest and sacrifice an animal. The church leader would drain the animal's blood into a bucket, take it into the sacred place of the church, dip his finger in, sprinkle it around seven times, smear some on the altar, and then pour out the rest at the bottom of the altar. And that was just the first step. The reality is this, sin always has a cost. There is always a price that must be paid. And sometimes the Israelites would have to do this ritual daily. It was an imperfect, bloody system to deal with their sin. As Paul said in Hebrews 8, chapter 5, the system of worship was, quote, only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. The law of Moses only served to keep them at a distance from God. They were never allowed to enter into his presence. They could only worship from afar. Fast forward to the time of Jesus, not much had changed with that system. But religious leaders had found a way to make it worse. You see, outside the temple, there was supposed to be a section that was dedicated to the outsiders of the Jewish faith, so they too could worship God. But religious leaders had taken that space away and turned it into a noisy yard sale for Jewish people. Kind of hard to worship God when everyone's running around yelling and trying to sell animals for sacrifice. This is one of the few times we see Jesus get truly angry. Mark chapter 11 verse 15 sets the scene. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Remember, the instructions for worship had been given directly by God to the Jewish people. If you read through Exodus chapter 39, you will see the immaculate excellence that went into every tiny detail of worship. It was all done to glorify God. When Moses saw that his people had honored God with their work, he blessed them. When Jesus saw how religious leaders dishonored God, well, he went a different route. Their blatant disregard for God's house revealed their inward corrupted nature. And just as it made Jesus upset, so it should do the same for us. God is worthy of the finest, purest gold, our absolute very best. We see this illustrated in Exodus. But the leaders of the church had reduced God's worth to dirty pennies haggled over in a place of worship. Now's a good point to stop and maybe do a bit of self-reflection. What are you offering God? Do you desire to give Jesus your very best, or is he just getting whatever's left over? When you worship Jesus, do you recognize him as Lord of all, the great I am, the ruler of heaven and earth? Or has he become a means to an end, a place to ask for things and complain about people? If we're not careful, our faith can become corrupted just as the temple did. Is it time for Jesus to clean house in your life? Does he need to knock over a few things in your heart? I dare you to invite Christ in and examine your life. 
If you've ever worked in an environment with broken ways of doing things and with janky leadership, you know just how tough that can be. The simplest task can seem impossible. And if your leaders don't want to change anything, it can be wildly frustrating. This was the state of worship when Jesus arrived. And thankfully, he came to clean house, literally. He was about to change the way that everything worked. And the church leaders who held that broken power wanted to kill him just so they could hold on to it. The law that they used to dominate people with could only curse others. Jesus came to fulfill the law, to bless his people, and bring them new life. He accomplished that with his death and resurrection. No longer would a man put on godly clothes to sacrifice an imperfect animal over and over to pay for our sins. Jesus, the Son of our heavenly God, put on our earthly exterior to present himself as the perfect sacrifice to forever pay for our sins. We no longer had to stand at a distance from God. Jesus, our new high priest, invited us into his presence to worship him. He made a place for everyone, Jew and Gentile, sinner and saint, young and old. He extends the offer to come as you are, and once we embrace him, we will be forever changed. Paul shares this idea in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. My encouragement to you today is to draw close to Jesus, to set aside everything else and pursue Christ. Whatever methods you've been trying to use or ways you imagine would make things better, to finally let them go and pursue Jesus. It's in Him. It's there that everything we're seeking is found. You cannot earn your way to God. It's not for sale. It's not an external process or series of rituals. You cannot be good enough in your outward actions to get there. It's an inward change of the heart. It's inviting Christ in, acknowledging your desperate need for a loving Savior, acknowledging your sin and a debt that can only be paid by His sacrifice. Because when we call out to Christ, He answers. He receives us as His own. And more than that, he calls us a friend. He invites us into the family of faith. Paul says he is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. We can rejoice that Jesus made a way for us. He cleared a path. He wouldn't allow anyone or anything get between us and God. My hope is that in light of God's incredible gift, we are moved to give our very best for Jesus. That from our position of love and compassion, we extend the same grace and kindness to others. This world has love, hope, and kindness in short supply. Let's give God our absolute best to those that Jesus puts in our path.
Let's share this incredible gift with everyone we meet. Let's keep our lives clear of corruption and distraction so we can be ready to share Jesus with everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I want to encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 7 and Exodus chapter 39 and 40 on your own. Spend some time in prayer and reflection. We want to connect with you. Check out honestlyradio.com to join us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find all the apps we're on where you can download the show for free. I want to encourage you to connect with God daily in prayer, in your Bible, and through attendance and service at a local church. Allow Christ to begin building your faith. This has been my daily reminder on Honestly Radio. Remember, live honestly, be blessed. We'll see you next time.